On today's 51% for graduation season, we celebrate non-traditional students who returned for their degree later in life. Set your goals and go for it and don't let anybody discourage you. And we'll hear a first-hand experience of walking across the graduation stage. Mine. I'm Jackie Orchard and this is 51%. Some people grew up with parents who drilled into them over and over. After high school, you go to college, you get an internship, you get a good job, then you get married, and so on. But what about those of us who had a more roundabout journey? Who did things out of order because we couldn't afford school right away, or we weren't sure what degree was for us, or joined the military, and then found our way back to school? What about the people who had to get a big dose of life before they knew what they were meant to study? Today, we celebrate those people, like Vivian Rose Cunningham, who just graduated with her first bachelor's degree. And I'll say this, I'm, I'm a young 78. She graduated from Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, with a degree in liberal studies. Cunningham says others might find it pointless to graduate later in life, but to her, it was a lifelong goal. She refused to give up. Cunningham says she was raised by strong women. I grew up with my mom and, uh, because my father had, had uh, passed away at the age of 24, so she actually raised me. Cunningham says having children put her educational goals on hold. She married at 18, worked at a dress shop in Atlanta for about a year, and then had her daughter and son. She moved back to Birmingham and worked as a night custodian to support her children. After, you know, getting pregnant with my daughter, then I couldn't work or do anything. I couldn't even go to school at that time. But it was always in the back of my mind that I was going to get an education, you know, a, a bachelor's or or associates or something. So uh, when I came back to uh, Birmingham uh, after the marriage didn't work, I ended up with my mom, and while living with her, I was hired with Alabama Power Company. And I was hired on the night shift, and I worked there 13 years on night shift. Well, during that time, uh, with the little kids, I couldn't work, you know. I mean, I mean, I couldn't go to school, I'm sorry. And so when I found out about the reimbursement program at Alabama Power, I started looking into the school situation then, but it was 13 years after because I couldn't work. I mean, I couldn't go to school because I had to sleep at during the day. Cunningham worked her way up to the mailroom, which meant no more night shift, and she heard about the company's tuition reimbursement program. The stars were aligning, and her mind drifted back to dreams of higher education. She started with community college, doing a few semesters at Birmingham Southern. Each time I had to, I had to drop out for something, you know, either doing for the job, you know, doing overtime and working overtime and whatever. So something would come in between and stop me from going to school. So once I, all of that was over with, I would uh, start again. Cunningham then earned her associate's degree in paralegal studies from Virginia College. And from there, uh, I wanted more. I, did, I was not satisfied with just the associate's degree. So I decided I wanted to get a bachelor's. So she enrolled at Samford University. I picked up a brochure or 
pamphlet or something that they had out that showed that they had uh, professional studies evening programs. And so I looked into that, and with the the credits from Birmingham Southern and through UAB, I was able to be enrolled in at Sanford University. Cunningham says she understands that student loans can seem intimidating, but she says it's worth it. If you had that dream and you really wanted to get your education or finish school or whatever, I mean, it's you just put forth that effort and whatever it costs or however you can be uh, funded, just go for it. Cunningham says growing up in Birmingham, she didn't see many black people attending college, but she says that didn't change her goals. Well, I didn't see a lot of blacks at that time, but uh, but I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't care about what, you know, what someone else wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to do and what I had in my mind and heart to do. Cunningham says she hopes women everywhere don't talk themselves out of their dreams of getting a degree. Set your goals and go for it. And don't let anybody discourage you because, you know, there are people who will discourage you and, you know, and ask you, well, you know, why you want it and why are you doing it at this age? But uh, don't let that, you know, don't let that discourage you. Just, Just go on and do what you want to do. If you want that education, set your goals to get started to to get uh, that degree. Cunningham's two children are inspired by her walk across the stage as well. They were proud of me, and uh, they said that I encouraged them. Now, like my son, probably, he's thinking about doing something, and he's 59. And also, I have other members in my family that has been out, and they're younger than me. And I told them if, they, if I can do it, they can do it even more because, you know, they're younger. Cunningham's daughter is working on her Ph.D., and because of Cunningham, her son is considering going back to school. And Cunningham says she's not finished yet. I'm looking at it right now. I've had, I'm have i going through the uh, master's programs to see what I want to do, but it will probably be something in the law field. Cunningham says after all the night classes, virtual learning, student loans, and starting and stopping, it was worth it. She says there was no greater feeling than walking across that stage, even in the Alabama heat, sweating behind a mask. My head was spinning, and I thought I was in a movie. I just felt so awesome up there on the stage, like I was in a dream. Even though Cunningham is proud of her journey, she says to all the young women who have started college, don't stop. Stay with it and don't drop out and don't don't go down another road. Just stay right on in college and get your degree because, you know, it's hard. It is hard when, when you're older and trying to go, you know. And, and like I said, sometimes, you know, I would... When we were going to campus, I, you know, and it would be cold, and sometimes it would rain, and sometimes I wouldn't want to go. But you know what? I pushed myself to go on, and I was glad I did because I didn't want to miss anything in the in the in the classroom. So, uh, but just stay with it if you're young now. But even if you get older, if you still want that dream or have a dream, just go on and do it.
There's a name for people like Cunningham in the higher education biz, non-trads, non-traditional students. According to Darlene Poyer, the Transfer Experiences Coordinator at the State University of New York, Albany. We work with all undergraduate students to connect them with faculty. We know that the more students are connected with faculty outside of the classroom, the better they do academically. So my job as the transfer coordinator is to obviously make sure our transfers are engaged outside of the classroom. But transfers are a unique group of students. Um, So they're all coming from very different walks of life. And my job is to really make sure that they're adjusting both academically and socially to UAlbany. Poyer has been the transfer coordinator for seven years. She has a master's degree in higher education and counseling from Indiana University of Pennsylvania. She says transfer students are her favorite to work with because they come from all walks of life and usually come in with a lot of life experience. And she says about 40% of UAlbany transfer students come in with an associate's degree. They're working full time. They are raising families. Um, They're earning their degree to further themselves in the career or they're making a, a whole career change and they're going back to school for a new degree. I tell Poyer, that was actually me. I earned a bachelor's degree from John Carroll University in Cleveland as an ROTC cadet. I graduated, commissioned, and served on active duty as a signal officer for five years. I was working on government satellites in California when I realized, somewhat abruptly, that I wanted to be a journalist. I joined UAlbany as a second-degree transfer student at the age of 28. And I was nervous. Poyer says this is common. We actually survey our transfers every fall semester, and we ask them what were their main challenges. And our challenges do not change from year to year. Um, There's simply, you know, two main ones that we always see are the most common. One is adjusting to our academic rigor. So, like I said, a lot of our students are coming from community colleges or maybe smaller four-year institutions. So coming to UAlbany seems very large, even though we are technically a mid-sized university. Um, UAlbany can seem extremely large, especially in those large lecture centers, you know, where they were used to being a student in a class of 30. Now they're a student in a class of 300. So adjusting to How do I do well in a class when I am one of 300? How do I connect with the faculty? How do I get academic support? The other challenge, making friends and feeling part of the community, which I was nervous about too. A lot of these friend groups have already been made, you know, especially if they're a transfer student coming in in the middle of the year, so for our spring semester. Which I was. I came to UAlbany just after the winter break. Poyer says she focuses on helping non-trads find their smaller community within the larger community. I am only one person, so I rely very heavily on my transfer leaders. We call them transfer transition leaders, or TTLs. These students mentor and act as a resource for new students, reaching out to transfers before they even start classes. When a transfer student deposits, makes that um, down payment at UAlbany saying, yes, I'm definitely coming. We get a list and we start reaching out to them via email and on our social media sites to help them build those connections and get questions answered before they even start classes. So the hope is is that when they're starting classes, they already know a couple people they can go to. 
This is how I started writing for the school newspaper before classes even started. And those students, my fellow editors and photographers, were my first friends on campus. And to my surprise, they never made me feel old, actually. They valued my life experience and asked me lots of questions. Poyer says it's not just a campus of young people. I always hear, I feel like I'm in a room full of 18-year-olds and I have no one to connect with. (laughs) And what they don't know is that there are hundreds of non-traditional students or how I think nationally how it's um, described as students who are 24 years of age or older going back to school or starting school. Here at UAlbany, though, we um, we feel that if you have had a non-traditional pathway to your education, maybe you had a child at a young age, or maybe you're taking care of a sick relative or working full-time trying to get yourself through college, you can come and join our non-traditional programs. Um, but our non-trads feel very alone in that there's not a lot of them out there. However, the non-traditional student population is the most highest and fastest growing population every year in American colleges and universities. So there's more and more every year. And what we do at UAlbany is we try to get them together. Poyer says the school hosts events for non-trads to meet where they can come together and talk to each other about what it's like to take care of kids while trying to get schoolwork done after you've worked, you know, eight hours, eight, ten hours each day. Um, What does that life and work balance feel like? What can the university do better to help support this population of students? And in fact, We do have a transfer advisory group on campus. It is a group of faculty, staff, and students who meet every semester to talk about what is the state of our transfer students, and that includes our non-traditional student population. What is UAlbany doing to support these students? What are we not doing, and how can we do it better? Poyer says if you're thinking about going back to school but you're worried you won't fit in, Remember that everyone has that fear, no matter their age. Myself, I'm going to be 40 soon, and I am looking into starting a a new educational journey. Um, It's never too late. You just have to put yourself out there and reach out to the resources that are there for you. Never in your life are you going to have all of these professionals and students reaching out to you, wanting so badly to help you and make you succeed, be successful. So take advantage of it while you're in college. You do have the ability to succeed. You just have to ask for help when you need it. Poyer says older, non-traditional students have proven to be some of the hardest workers. Our students um, who are who fall in that non-traditional age range, they're more likely to do better in the classroom. And I think that it's because, for one, they have a little bit more life experience. Um, they're more serious about their studies. Um, they know what it takes to, you know, succeed in a three-credit class that you actually have to read your assignments. You can't just um, not do that that homework, even though homework isn't necessarily required in college. It's still necessary if you want to do well. 
But Poyer says non-traditional students are less likely to be engaged in campus activities outside of the classroom. I know that it's so hard when you're, again, working, taking care of kids to fit something else into that schedule. But we know that if students are involved outside of the classroom, that is where they're gaining skills that they might not get inside the classroom. So leadership skills, program planning, um, time management skills, stuff that they've probably gotten in their lifetime. But it's always great to get some clubs, organizations, professional honoraries on that resume to make you more marketable in your career. Poyer says there are about 15,000 undergraduate students at UAlbany. Each year, they get about 2,000 transfer students. Of those, about 200 to 300 of them are considered non-traditional students. So at any given time, there are about 800 non-traditional students on campus. So Poyer says you're definitely not alone on campus. There's always other students who may be in the same boat and understand what you're going through. Never be afraid to take a risk if you feel that you're not getting everything out of wherever you are. Make sure that you are looking at all of your all of your opportunities in front of you. So it's never too late to make a change. Um, it's never too late to take a risk, but just making sure that you are looking at the whole picture. So when you are in your school, wherever school you're at, you're looking at all of the services that they offer and that you're taking advantage of every single support service you can. You're paying for it after all. So utilize those people. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And it's never too late to say yes to something. So be brave and I wish everybody the best. It took me three semesters to earn my bachelor's degree in journalism from UAlbany. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, my ceremony was postponed. Instead, I crossed the stage in May in a socially distanced ceremony with four family members and face masks all around. This is your, your crew right here. Yeah. All right, so just make sure your mask stay on the entire time you're in there. Um, <laughs> as you uh, get closer to other families, just uh, make sure you're following the white lines, those are the space. Uh, social distancing indicators. Um, other than that, congratulations, you have an opportunity to take your mask off as you cross the stage. Um, and for the rest of you, cheer loud as she crosses the stage. We are ushered up to the football stadium where a shaded walkway leads to a small stage covered in flowers and heavy drapes. There are maybe 15 people at an event that would normally draw thousands. This is a moving graduation, like a lazy river, but instead of floating in water, we are all doing a slow walk and taking tons of selfies without fear of dunking our phones. I'm very, very happy for you, Kathy. Very happy for you. You've worked very hard. Yeah. And you still Yeah, That's my mom. She, my boyfriend Matt, and his parents walk alongside me trying to snap close-ups of my WAMC microphone and recorder. My mom proudly complain brags about how I'm working even during my graduation. We approach a photo booth with a UAlbany backdrop and an all-smiles greeter. Do you want to bring the mic up? Like, how do you want to do it? I was going to, like, bring it up with me. Yeah, I think that's, that's fine. Oh, that's okay. If you could just take a look at the side there, make sure you're 
I was a little flustered. This is you. This is your moment. Is this a film right here? Yeah. Family, are you ready? Do you have the energy? Are you ready? You're ready. You're ready. Okay. Let's go. Woo! I turned to face the stage where UAlbany president Dr. Havadon Rodriguez is waiting with a smile. Normally, I'm not the sort of person who knows the president of anything, a company, a country, the chess club, but President Rodriguez was technically my very first interview as a journalist. My first week, we were given an assignment in Journalism 101 to attend a Hurricane Maria panel. President Rodriguez was to be the keynote speaker. Our task was to attend the panel, get in line, and ask one question. I spent hours researching everything I could about Hurricane Maria and formulating questions. But I must confess, I do not remember what I asked when my time came. I just remember this. I stepped up to the microphone and said much too loudly, My name is Jackie Orchard and I'm a journalism student. I had read it's important to get your name out there. But here's the important part. When Rodriguez answered my question, he said this magical phrase, journalists like you. Someone had called me a journalist. It was real. Truth be told, I wasn't. But he was taking me seriously. And that was everything. And a few weeks ago, he handed me my journalism diploma. Now you stand and we look at those folks too. Okay. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi. Awesome. And I'll see you in a few minutes. Okay, okay. yes. All right. Thank you. After I walked off stage and took way too many photos of me slow motion switching my tassels to the other side, President Rodriguez caught up with me for an interview. All right, you ready? All right. Hi, President Rodriguez, how are you? Good, how are you? Sure. But I have to admit, his graduation attire was much grander than mine. You're all dressed up. I know. I don't have I any know. fancy velvet. <laughs> Next time we'll coordinate our outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I ask him if he remembers me at the Hurricane Maria panel, the moment that was so formative for me. And to my surprise, he does. I do remember. We, we were at the downtown campus, right, where we were having the symposium about the impact of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, right? And so uh, the question, as I refer to it, right, was uh, that not only do we have to focus on the immediate impacts of the, the event, uh, but also, you know, after the event is over and all the fanfare is over, that there's still needs, there's still impacts, socioeconomic impacts, impacts of the infrastructure. And so that was my call to you as a journalist, right, uh, to really think about, you know, following up on these very, very important stories because, you know, the disaster happens and then the media moves to another uh, location and they forget about the needs and the impacts that people are living with uh, sometimes for years and decades. Rodriguez says this ceremony was adapted for COVID because even though the world changed, 
students still deserve their moment in the sun. We wanted to, uh, first of all, ensure that everybody felt safe and, you know, and kept everybody uh, healthy. So as you can see, we're still uh, wearing masks during the events. And we also wanted to provide the students an opportunity to come in and come in these pots, right, small pots with their family members and make it really an intimate moment uh, for their students and their families. You get an experience to walk out down memory lane and see a whole variety of things that you probably experience here at the university, but then, you know, get your family right there in front of the stage. When do you see that at a commencement ceremony? They can take tons of pictures, so we try to make it very personable, very engaging. The staff are just there to help you and assist you and make you feel welcome and celebratory. Rodriguez says for students like me, commencement is important because it marks the end of a chapter. This is a major achievement, a major milestone in your life, probably, you know, one of the most important things that's going to happen throughout your lifetime. But I think during the COVID, right, and the pandemic, it even makes it even more important. Uh, you know, people went through isolation, staying at home. People got sick. Unfortunately, many people died. There were social and economic consequences and impacts. So, now we see this ray of light, right? Vaccines available, uh, relaxation of public health measures, and then there's a moment to celebrate. To celebrate that success is incredibly important, not only for you as a graduate, your family members, but the university at Albany as well. Rodriguez has a message for anyone who might be considering going back to school. It's never too late. Uh, you know, we have uh, graduates from all types of ages, from 19 to 70 plus here at the University at Albany. So it's about, you know, continuing to generate uh, knowledge, uh, continuing to get immersed in sort of whatever field you decide to choose. But it's always, it's always a good opportunity for professional growth uh, and educational development here uh, at the university. So you're always welcome to come back, uh, you know, get a master's, get a PhD, right? Uh, we're here uh, to serve our communities and it's always a good time to do so. When I decided to leave the IT industry, I had family members who told me I was crazy. Great benefits and salary, growing field, indoors, were all words thrown around as an argument against me becoming a journalist. Journalism is a dying industry, they said. You're a fool. But sitting in a dark room staring at computer screens all day was making me miserable. I wanted to be out in the world, meeting people, writing, and telling stories. The people in my life at the time didn't care about that. It wasn't until I was enrolled at a university, surrounded by journalism professors who truly believed in me, that I stopped feeling terrified at what I had done. In a time when no one believed in me, this school did. So, from one non-trad to another, take my word for it. It's never too late. And you can do it. I was every single girl, I was nobody else, I was so sure of myself. I was 15 and a half. He was a hollow laugh. Thanks for joining us for this week's 51%. Thanks to our story editor, Ian Pickus. Thanks to Tina Rennick and Liz Hill for production assistance. Our executive producer is Dr. Alan Shartok. 
Our theme music is Lolita by Albany-based artist Girl Blue. 51% is a national production of Northeast Public Radio. If you'd like to hear this episode again or share it with your friends, sign up for our podcast or visit wamc.org. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 51% Radio. I'm your host, Jackie Orchard. Until next week, remember, the future is fearless. I was every single girl, I was nobody else, I was so sure of myself. I was 15 and a half, he was a hollow laugh. And I lost my cool somewhere along the way, at night and on the hallway. My cool, no electricity, hot rain on the concrete, sweet melting little girl dreams. They said, Oh, I want a big life, not a house that could have been like. Where are you taking me? Where are you taking me? They said, Everything I do, I feel farther. certain kind of wise at 17 thinking the flare on the lens was the real thing she was with her boyfriend in the back room i was chain smoking cigarettes and looking at the moon thought i was really in it i didn't really get it i lost my cool somewhere around the bed it started Stay on, stay on, see my baby brother. Just come on down.